1: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash That's rocketmoney.com slash rocketmoney.com slash
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text Wondery Pod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to
3: 500-500. Tonight, an entire town up in flames wiped out as ferocious wildfires tear through California. Homes, stores, and gas stations all burned to the ground. History erased. And buildings that stood in the state's gold country for more than a century gone in a matter of hours. There is destruction everywhere you look also tonight is this the next covid super spreader we're in Sturgis, south dakota where hundreds of thousands of bikers will rally why one hospital is stocking up on ventilators plus important news for anyone who's had the moderna vaccine charging ahead the president pushes car makers to go electric and the new rules that may affect the next car you buy it's electric there's no turning back RAID GONE WRONG. A CHICAGO FAMILY SUES POLICE AFTER OFFICERS KICK IN THEIR DOOR AND HOLD THEM AT GUNPOINT, EVEN TWO YOUNG GIRLS.
4: SO WHAT DID YOU DO WHEN YOU SAW THE GUN?
3: I WAS CRYING. OLYMPIC HOMECOMING. FANS CELEBRATE A triumphant STATESIDE RETURN FOR TEAM USA. AND THE 10-YEAR-OLD WHO PROVES KINDNESS IS CONTAGIOUS.
0: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
3: Good evening and thank you for joining us. Nora is off tonight. I'm Bill Whitaker. We're going to begin tonight in the West, which is getting ravaged by nearly 100 wildfires. Overnight, the largest one in California all but destroyed Greenville, an historic gold rush town. Buildings that had stood since the 1800s were leveled in hours, leaving an apocalyptic scene. In just three weeks, the so-called Dixie Fire has burned more than 500 square miles, an area larger than the city of Los Angeles. More than 25,000 residents are under evacuation orders. Many of the Western fires can be seen from space, whipped up by hot, dry winds. 20,000 firefighters and support crews are battling the flames. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is in Greenville tonight. Jonathan, how widespread is the destruction?
5: Bill, what you see here extends for nearly a mile in every direction. We are here on what is left of Main Street. That used to be the main intersection. That was a century-old hotel. Easily more than 100 buildings were destroyed by this fire. And when you look here this afternoon, it's as if several bombs exploded here overnight. It came in like a tornado. This raging wildfire tore through this mining town, engulfing everything in its path, turning it into a hellscape. Flames were swirling around cars and this temple incinerating them all.
4: We lost Greenville tonight.
5: These are images of the downtown before the carnage. Historic Main Street now reduced to rubble homes, stores and businesses charred beyond recognition. The Dixie fire is on the move. It's now covering more than 300,000 acres. It's California's largest wildfire this year. It's okay once you get past that. Firefighters struggle to drive through the smoke. This massive fire started last month, but exploded this week, fueled by high temperatures, low humidity, and strong winds.
6: The most difficult part, I guess, is
4: just not knowing what's happening and where it's at. It's just, you know, it just explodes so fast. You just don't have time to react with anything more than three hours away
5: people on the california nevada border fled the river fire that created fireballs like this one
7: shaking like a leaf but uh it's okay i've got my family together and that's what's important
5: heavy smoke clouds still fill the air here in this gold rush town of greenville we found fire chief sergio mora serving the damage
4: it's devastating It's, it's, it's hard to put into words other than it's difficult
5: Mora was there to provide safety to his fellow firefighters as they battled the flames his 23rd day on the job. This was Mora as the fire engulfed the town. One of the last things he did was close the doors to the
4: fire station. I hope I never have to see this again. The post office is gone. The bank's gone. Their library, their fire station, a couple churches, a lot of people's homes, their livelihood.
5: All too quickly, this fire erased a part of California's history that can never be restored. And at this hour, it's still unclear if everyone escaped this fire alive. The red flag warnings continue through this evening. We're expecting wind gusts up to 35 miles per hour, and already there's been a flurry of mandatory evacuations issued in the last hour. Bill.
3: Thank you, Jonathan. That is a beautiful, deeply forested part of California. So tragic. Tonight, there's news about one of the COVID vaccines. Moderna says its shots remain effective at least six months after the, second, after the second dose, though it expects booster shots will be needed this winter. Vaccinations are up this week, but so are new COVID cases. And there's concern about a potential super spreader event in South Dakota. CBS's Mola Lenghi is there.
0: More than half a million bikers are expected to ride into the small town of Sturgis, South Dakota over the next 10 days as the Delta variant rips through the nation. Besides the bikes and beers, most are here for something many Americans can probably relate. Tired of living and staying at home, and we're ready to go out and do yeah. stuff for them. Tired of living in beer. Mark and Jackie Bogue of Iowa may find exactly what they're looking for here. No mask requirements, no vaccination requirements, hardly any signs that the country is still battling a pandemic.
8: They are coming from pretty much every state in the nation, and this virus uh, does not discriminate. You're setting the stage uh, for something like a super spreader event.
0: Dr. Shankar Kura's hospital in Rapid City is gearing up. For him, it's deja vu. Last year's rally resulted in widespread transmission with at least 463 confirmed cases linked directly to Sturgis and nearly 200 secondary infections all across the United States. More recently, the big celebrations in downtown Milwaukee last month are likely linked to nearly 500 COVID cases in Wisconsin. In just the last month, COVID cases have soared from an average of 15,000 a day to nearly 90,000 a day. And hospitalizations have soared more than 40% in a week. In Mississippi, there are now only eight ICU beds available in the entire state. The ultimate end game of all this is vaccination. If we do that, we will turn the Delta surge around. Sturgis, there are also financial considerations. Rod Bradley owns a local bar and a hotel whether it's the sales tax revenue or the property tax from the buildings that are in town to handle the rally, um, it makes a big impact on the, uh, the community as a whole. That's by far the rally's reward. There's also the
8: risk. The two weeks after the rally uh, is our challenge now because that's when we, uh, you know, we're anticipating a rise in cases of COVID. Well,
0: vaccinations have largely been a success story here. South Dakota, right around the national average. And Monument Health, the only hospital system serving the entire western half of the state, has 13 COVID patients right now. That may seem like a low number, Bill, but two weeks ago, they were down to just three.
3: Mola Lange in Sturgis, South Dakota. Tonight, President Biden is hoping to jumpstart the switch to electric vehicles. His new executive order sets an ambitious goal. Half of all vehicles sold should be electric by 2030. And his administration wants to cut emissions from cars that run on gas. We'll get more now from CBS's Ben Tracy.
8: President Biden took a drive in an electric Jeep Wrangler after signing his executive order. It's electric, and and, uh, there's no turning back. But we just have to move, and we have to move fast. But accelerating the transition to EVs may not be so quick. Americans still love their gas guzzlers. Trucks, vans, and SUVs make up three-quarters of new sales so far this year. EVs are just 2%. Is it possible to get to 50 percent by the end of the decade? It is. Michael Regan is the administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency. Today, it proposed stricter new emission standards for cars and trucks designed to force automakers to build and sell more electric cars. We're ushering in new advanced technologies
5: that will not only increase and enhance performance, but also reduce climate
2: pollutants and health-based pollutants.
8: In the United States, transportation is the single largest source of planet-warming greenhouse gas emissions. EPA claims the new clean car standards would avoid 2.2 billion tons of carbon emissions from vehicles by 2050. But with the impacts of climate change piling up, environmental groups pressured the administration to go even further. The new tailpipe regulations start off about 10 percent stricter than what the Trump administration had in place, but barely meet the pollution standards President Obama negotiated back in 2012.
9: I think the administration can be bolder.
8: Catherine Garcia is with the Sierra Club.
9: The planet is really demanding that we take the climate crisis seriously and reduce pollution as quickly as possible.
3: And Ben joins us now. Ben, leaders from the big three automakers were at the White House today. Are they committing to this goal of 50 percent electric vehicle sales by 2030?
8: No, not really. They're saying it's their aspiration that they'll get somewhere between 40 and 50 percent by 2030. But they see the federal government needs to provide tax incentives so people will buy these vehicles and also build out charging stations across the country. Bill.
3: Thank you, Ben. Tonight, a Chicago family is suing the city and the police department after officers raided their home by mistake and held them at gunpoint. Dave Savini of our CBS station WBBM broke the story.
4: Chicago police officers responded to a 911 call in August 2019 about two men fighting at a nearby gas station, one of them possibly armed when police arrived four men ran officers entered this apartment building but there's no public evidence suggesting this is where the suspects went officers headed to the third floor where they kicked down the door belonging to regina evans and stephen winters a lawsuit filed by the couple tuesday alleges the officers forcibly entered their home without announcing themselves as police body cam video shows them holding winters down as the officers check the apartment The lawsuit alleges an officer had a gun to Winter's head. Officer with the gun to my head, I thought it was kind (laughs) of over. In one room, they woke up a 73 year old grandfather at gunpoint. And in another, they find the couple's children, five year old Rashila and nine year old Savela. They were in their beds when they say an officer entered their room and pointed a gun at them. So, what did you do when you saw the gun?
9: I was crying. I called the police, too.
4: You called the police on the police?
9: Yes. I need more police to call. I called the police on the police because I don't know what's going on. You in my house, you won't tell me anything.
4: The family can be heard repeatedly telling police the suspects never entered their unit. Officers later apologize. They thought they were doing a good thing chasing some guy with a gun up here. In a statement, a CPD spokesperson said the apprehension of fleeing suspects are often active in fluid situations in which officers are balancing public safety and the safety of all individuals involved.
9: Trauma, heartache, they left a lot of baggage behind.
4: The Civilian Office of Police Accountability tells us they are now conducting a preliminary investigation into this case, Bill.
3: Dave Savini from our Chicago station. Thank you. Tonight, there's new evidence the economic recovery is uneven at best. 385,000 Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week. Millions more will see their extended pandemic benefits run out by Labor Day. CBS's Mark Strassman has one family's struggle.
6: What if we have to be homeless? What are we going to do with the kids?
10: Erin White's family of six had a lifeline. Iowa cut it.
6: There's daily breakdowns. It's not every once in a while.
10: At 38, her health has broken down. Severe asthma, pulmonary hypertension, and unidentified autoimmune disorder. She and her husband, John, worked at a call center. Combined income, $60,000. In April, they both quit to protect her. Getting the COVID vaccine was too risky for her compromised immune system, but so was walking into work every day.
6: It was a very hard thing to accept that that wasn't my job anymore and that this was my new reality.
10: In working-class Keokuk, Iowa, the unemployment rate almost 7% higher than the statewide average. On June 12th, Governor Kim Reynolds cut off Washington's federal pandemic relief for the state's jobless. The message to nearly 25,000 Iowans: go find a job.
6: And the money went away quick and we started to get the taste of losing everything then.
10: The repo man came for their van. They're three months behind on rent.
6: We're losing everything. We're failing. I want to help my family. There's a lot of us and it takes a lot of money you know and I want to be able to help them and I feel like I can't I don't have that control
10: across the Mississippi the whites can see Illinois
6: their governor still allows them to have the pandemic benefits
10: lost in our recovering economy millions of Americans still need help Mark Strassman CBS News
3: 26 states have ended most of that extra federal unemployment assistance One of America's most powerful labor leaders, Richard Trumka, died today of an apparent heart attack. A former coal miner, Trumka served more than a decade as the president of the AFL-CIO, which has more than 12 and a half million members. President Biden called him a close friend. Richard Trumka was 72.
8: Okay, it's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
3: The U.S. keeps adding to its lead in the medal count at the Olympics with 91. China is second with 74. One of those medals went to the U.S. women's soccer team, while the women's gymnastics team is returning home to a hero's welcome. CBS's Jamie Yukis reports from Tokyo.
7: The U.S. women's soccer team beat Australia for the bronze. Megan Rapino and Carly Lloyd were looking for redemption after losing to Canada
6: in the semifinal. I think it was important for everybody to hear that this third place game that we're fighting for is just as important. If we were in a gold medal match and the way you saw us come out and play, that was the U.S. mentality.
7: Brianna Scurry won gold with Team USA in 1996 and 2004.
1: USA's ability to rebound from the big loss against Canada and win the bronze says a lot about their character.
7: Ryan Krauser won gold in shot put as his family cheered back home in Oregon. He dedicated the win to his grandfather, who died shortly before the Tokyo Games, and introduced him to the sport. And USA gymnasts return home to cheers. Simone Biles landed in Houston and was reunited with her family and beloved dog. U.S. star runner Allison Felix will run in the 400 meters later today. If she places in the top three, that would mark 10 medals to her name, becoming the most decorated female track and field athlete ever to participate in the Olympic Games. Bill.
3: Jamie Yukis in Tokyo. If you don't think one person can make a big difference, we know a young man who might just change your mind. CBS's Janet Shamlian introduces us.
9: Getting books into the hands of children. Fresh shipments. Hundreds of titles given away at this Fort Worth Book Fair. Well, we just got a uh, donation, a generous donation of books. By a child himself. I want to be able to share my love of literacy with as many people as possible. This is Orion Jean. He's 10, but the number on his mind is 500,000. The number of books he's hoping to get donated to children in need. Even just for a moment, to go into a new story or a new world and go to places and meet people they never would have. Kindness is a virtue we can all possess, if we are willing to. So why not start today? Because right now, it's what we need more than ever. That speech won Orion a 2020 student kindness contest, inspiring his own personal campaign of compassion. The speech contest was really just the catalyst to something so much bigger. With 120,000 books collected so far, Orion is asking people across the country to give away their used books to hit his goal. They can give that book away to another child who may need it, and it causes a ripple effect, and that's what it's all about. Deep thoughts from a boy who has yet to start the sixth grade. Janet Shemley in CBS News,
3: Fort Worth. What a remarkable young man doing remarkable things. One man found a unique way to deal with trespassers. Little did he know his idea would catch on around the country. That's tomorrow when Steve Hartman goes on the road. If you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Bill Whitaker. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com
7: survey